As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. So what's one of those topics that when you bring it up with your team, you you know, you get the eye rolls? Okay, maybe things like uh, OKRs or maybe like what the sales team wants us to build, things like that, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about SEO? Yeah, okay, yeah, for sure. Not everybody's exactly like clamoring to jump on those you know, little minute SEO tasks. So I think that that's a good one. <laughs> right. So, um, but it can be a big factor in companies growth, you know, or, you know, if you don't do it right, you can really miss that growth. It's totally true uh, for sure. So I take it that today, are we talking about SEO? Yeah. But listeners don't turn it off just yet. Right. We're, we're talking about how Airbnb 
approached SEO. Um, and it was a big part of how they won that market. The untold SEO secrets of Airbnb. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I think <laughs> we, uh, we might need to rename this episode now. <laughs> Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So SEO or search engine optimization, it comes in many forms. There's the classic blog post optimization where one would write a piece of content and try to get the right combination of usefulness, keywords, and length to see if Google will rank it high enough to get discovered. And this SEO form is, is great. It, it works great for, for young companies, but that's not what Tommy Griffith was doing at Airbnb when he led their SEO team from 2013 to 2017. Right. Their SEO team was almost an engineering team, really. Yeah, they were tasked with optimizing the app that is Airbnb. We were really an engineering team, right? We were optimizing the web application that is Airbnb. And if you, right? And so if you think about the problem, right? So, okay, first of all, you know, 55 different top level domains, that's tough, right? And then 20, 20 different languages as well, right? And so, okay, I'm, I'm an American and typing in, in English on google.com, Miami Beach vacation rentals. That's a pretty straightforward one. But you can also have a person in France searching for, um, you know, villas in Barcelona um, from Hungary, right? And you can also have, a, right, an Italian in the Czech Republic, searching in Swedish for a place in London, right? And so like the total addressable, the, the total universe of potential keywords at, at, at PayPal was like 50 to 100. And at Airbnb, it was like north of 10 million, right? And, and like all the combinations too, a vacation rental, a family-friendly villa, a pet-friendly condo, uh, and all these different language variants as well. So like uh, on top of that, it was, it, was, it, was, it was optimizing that web application also within the framework of the of what the designers wanted, what the data scientists wanted, and and all that sort of insanity. All right, that's quite a challenge. I mean, multiple languages and almost infinite long tail keywords. You must have had a pretty good place to start. Well, I started by uh, curling up into a ball and crying. I think was where I, <laughs> I think that was the the opening scene. Um, no, I mean it, it changed a, a lot. We sort of. Um, we ended up changing our approach after probably a, a year in, and we got a lot of inspiration from Pinterest. Um, Pinterest was, was great about this, and they actually published uh, publicly on their engineering blog how they designed their experiment framework uh, for, for SEO. And we modeled our, our, our V1 of this um, very similar to them. It was cool, too. Pinterest is like, a block or two um, down the street from Airbnb, that you know, people like were jumping back and forth from from Pinterest and Airbnb. People were like dating each other in all the offices, so we were like friends, right? <laughs> and like we would like get lunch all the time. And we we had them over um, for lunch a couple of times, and they were they were super cool and helped us out because Pinterest SEO problem is fascinating. I mean, their their total addressable uh, market for keywords is anything you could have an image for. <laughs> so like it is, I mean, it's basically just an image Google, right? Google image search, right? And so, um, it's everything. And so they, okay. So there must've been some big hurdles they faced if they were going to Pinterest levels of focus on their SEO. Yeah, this was right around the time when Google was implementing something called secure search, which is where Google stopped giving as much analytic data 
back through Google Analytics. So suddenly you didn't know where the majority of your traffic was coming in from. So in the past, like we kind of had referral data, right? The, we, we knew what keyword was referring to traffic and then Google turned that off. They started to obfuscate it for a bit. And then by the time I was like kind of one year into Airbnb, we didn't have any data at all. This is a big problem when you're a brand that's doubling every year, kind of no matter what, right? Like uh, the, the approach most people took was they said, okay, homepage traffic via SEO is branded traffic and we won't, we won't count that. But any deeper level page traffic is non-brand and we'll count that. Um, that doesn't work for, for companies like maybe Airbnb or Yelp when people use the branded search as a navigational query, right? So for example, um, someone typing in Airbnb London, they get to our deeper pages, but the SEO team shouldn't take credit for that, right? That's a, that's a branded keyword. And so we had, to, we had to figure out a way to create... To, to do attribution, to do non-brand attribution, because we were getting so many traffic to all of our pages because the brand was was growing so much that it was, it was hard to justify our existence, right? It's like, what, what, is the SEO team doing anything? Like, <laughs> because at the end of the day, you could you could you could remove the entire SEO team and traffic would would still keep doubling because people are going to type in Airbnb from 2013 to 2017 when I was there. The number of people typing in Airbnb London, Airbnb Paris, Airbnb San Diego was doubling every year, right? And so, um, yeah, we created this experiment framework that basically said, okay, anytime we have a hypothesis for an SEO-friendly change, we roll it out to half the pages and we measure the incremental lift in traffic. All right, so let's take a quick break here and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att. Com. That's business.att.com. I wonder what it was like working inside Airbnb and being the SEO guy, so to speak. Right. Airbnb is such a design-driven company. And if there's two things that designers hate, it's ads and SEO folks messing up their perfect UI. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in this case, I can imagine that there were some internal conflicts. Yeah, a bit of push and pull, you might say. Designers really run the show at Airbnb. And we had a massive problem in um, communicating because a lot of SEO-friendly changes are, are very ugly. And design was always first, second, and third place. Design and user experience was always the priority um, at Airbnb. And so we had a bunch of problems with... Um, you know, we, we, we would sit down and say, okay, here's a, here's a change we want to make. Here's what it would look like. Here's what we think the total addressable market is. Here's what we think the impact would be. And it would all look really, really good. And we'd sit down and, and present it to a bunch of other product managers and executives. And they would say, no, uh, like the other user experience metrics are way more important to us. And at first I was just so grumpy about this stuff, like very selfishly wanted my own products to go, to go live. But at the end of the day, looking back, they were often very right. I mean, they were often very, um, 
intentional trade-offs we made where we'd say we're going to take less traffic because we love the the user experience but so with that with that in mind yeah i think the one of the biggest takeaways we had that would be universal that anyone listening might might think about we saw um, and this is a little bit more commonly known now but in 2014 2015 maybe less so we saw a really nice lift in killing useless pages we uh we we saw we got a lot of mileage out of because when you take it from an seo perspective right you lay out all the total addressable keywords you look at all the languages you see how what the demand is and then you think okay let's as long as we have enough inventory for these pages let's make sure all these pages exist right family friendly rentals and uh villas with a pool and all, all these kinds of things but we saw a massive advantage in in doubling down on the things we had a lot of great inventory for and the things that um that were kind of most important to the site and removing pages. So removing different types of, of, uh, of inventory and really just focusing on a few winners and very counterintuitively, yeah, removing a bunch of those pages and taking a bunch of them out of the search index. We saw a, a massive lift in a, a number of our core pages that ultimately helped the business a lot more. So how does he see the balance now after spending four years losing product decisions to the product team? Yeah, I asked him about this. I wondered if he felt like Airbnb left too much on the table in terms of SEO. That might have actually hurt them, right? Um, but he had a surprising answer. You know, it's interesting because like, so, you know, for, okay, I was, for, I was at Airbnb for four years and we did. We had a massive impact on the business and on, on um, traffic and we did a lot of great things. It really took um, the final two years to get a lot of it ramped up and the team's doing even better things now. But, um, but I would say that that from from when I was in there and kind of battling, um, we lost. Like Trip TripAdvisor is one of our big our big competitors, and their SEO team is incredible. And the CEO is deeply involved in what it takes to 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 be an SEO play and um, all these things, right? And so um, they had more people, they had more talent, they were better than us. Uh, but and this is my own opinion, and I, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, and you know bias aside and drinking the Airbnb Kool-Aid aside, a lot of the TripAdvisor experience from a user experience perspective is gross. <laughs> it's not It's not great. They definitely beat us. Um, but there were just designers and product managers and engineers that said, look, we're not going to shove a thousand words of content into the footer um, or, or all these kinds of things. And it was just you know, the, the, the founders are designers. And you know, everyone there went to Rhode Island School of Design and stuff like that. And so... Um, it was really interesting being an SEO guy trying to trying to thread that because towards the end, you know, by the time I left, I I I really got it. I understood it. I mean, Airbnb was were the ones who made everyone realize how important high quality photography is. They made everyone realize that like sometimes you really can have great user experience for for growth. Um, but as an SEO specialist, of course, you always want your product to to be to be the thing and it was it was a lot of people telling me to shut up and go home <laughs> and so um i get it like it was hard to accept it in the moment over those years but looking back all the people sort of above me were were smarter than me and they, they made the right call so you must have talked some more tactics Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I asked him uh, for some of the mistakes or, or the challenges that he faced in those years. Yeah. Don't no index the site. Uh, <laughs> allow. Um, I mean, this is another one, too. Like, like, you know, when you have that many pages, uh, crawl, crawl path optimization was a massive thing. So XML sitemaps. And like, for example, we had... This is this is just a, a funny example of corporate, corporate goals um, overlaying each other. We had a, lot, a great... Um, 
DevOps and like system ops engineers, but they were very concerned about DDoS attacks, people taking down the site and uh, spamming us, right? Or people scraping the site and grabbing the data, trying to find hosts and things like that. And so they would rate limit a lot of a lot of bots. And we were often accidentally rate limiting Google, meaning Google would come to the site and we would say, Google, go away. And and from the from the DevOps perspective, their goal is make sure the site doesn't go down. They don't care about how many pages Google's crawling a day. And so we would have to talk to them and say, um, hey guys, can we like Google on the site, please? <laughs> and and so, so things like that, right? Like um, when you're talking about millions of Googlebot requests per day, and when you, you, you know, you can move that number from 200,000 to 5 million if you do the right optimizations. And that's a massive win when you're, when you're looking at 10 million pages. Um, so yeah, things like that. It was like the overlapping goals kind of stuff is the company's growing so fast, everything's going great, but everyone has very specific goals like which is probably the right way to organize the team and to do it but you got to be a little bit of a politician i mean I, there there are times where some of our engineers are like um they just like you know would not give me the time of time of day and i've i found there's this one guy he really loved this particular type of like russian pierogi and he just would not help me out with these uh with these changes i wanted to make and i drove to this very obscure russian bakery deep in san francisco and <laughs> during the morning and i bought him a big box of pierogies and that was how i got our crawl path our, <laughs> our crawl path fixed so um yeah, we had like, you know, kind of weird things like that to get it done. It was it was real sloppy out there, that's for sure. Pierogies. That is not where I expected this episode to go. And by the way, Michael, as we're recording today, I don't know if you knew this, it's National Pierogi Day. That is wow. What what a, a perfect <laughs> <laughs> perfect day to record. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, I mean the moral is you got to do what you got to do for that crawl path optimization, you know? Um, and in this case, it was pierogies. Mm -hmm. So before we get into the tools, some of Tommy's favorite tools, um, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. So you mentioned some tools before, Michael? Yeah. So, you know, everyone loves talking about tools and uh, Tommy is no exception. Yeah. Uh, right now, um, loving Ahrefs, uh, of course, is kind of the canonical go-to tool. Um, uh, I, I was really big and got really into crawl path optimization during this experience. If you're kind of a smaller startup, you can do, uh, do great work with Screaming Frog. But if you're a big, big company of a massive challenge, um, we really like Botify. Um, for for deep like technical analysis and things like that, um, those are the two big ones. I mean, it depends on how 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 deep you want to um, to to go with this. But creating yeah, creating an experiment framework as well. It's not it's not um, it's not possible for everyone to do it. But um, if you can get that done, it's uh, it's really helpful. Amazing. Yeah. If there's honestly one thing I'm taking away from this episode. It's the importance of crawl path optimization. <laughs> yes. So for any non-SEO buffs out there, it's worth researching it a bit, right? Crawl path optimization or crawl budget optimization is the number of requests allotted by Google for Googlebot to make on a particular website in a particular time. So in simple terms, it's the number of opportunities to present Google the fresh content on your website for indexing. Which I can see how that could be important for a site as big as Airbnb. Yeah, big time. Big time. So, um, so you're probably wondering, you know, what's Tommy up to today? 
Well, now that you say it, yes, I am wondering that. Yeah, um, I'm a founder of ClickMinded. ClickMinded is a digital marketing training company. Uh, we teach marketers and entrepreneurs how to do digital marketing at ClickMinded.com. All right. Um, well, that was interesting. I don't think we've ever really done a proper SEO uh SEO episode here. Well, you know what? There is a first time for everything. But I'm I'm glad that we did because you know SEO absolutely has a place in product. One hundred percent. It's incredibly important. We're doing a huge SEO audit right now at, at Dribble, which was kind of why this piqued my interest in particular. Yeah, and I'll tell you, for us at Product Collective, we look at our own SEO, but then I also think of SEO more broadly. Like I just think of, hey, when people are searching for product conferences and product management resources in general, even if they're not coming upon our website, I want to get on the other websites that they are coming upon. So, you know, whether right. it's things like Quora popping up or, you know, YouTube channels, I'm, I'm always trying to think about not just how can I get my website onto Google, but also how can I get in those places too? Yeah. I remember at Crew, actually, uh, we did a huge push on Quora uh, to drive traffic. And I was like, ah, this is never going to work. Um, and it became like, 10, 20% of our <laughs> inbound traffic. Yeah. So yeah, there's something to it. There's something to it. For sure. For sure. Well, I thought this was an interesting conversation. So thank you for bringing it to the forefront, Michael. Yeah. And we'll be back next week with even more great product knowledge coming up here on Rocketship FM. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It's your support that keeps the show going. Rocketship.fm is now part of the Podglomerate Network. If you want to learn more about the other shows on the Podglomerate Network, go to thepodglomerate.com. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. If you go to productcollective.com, you could check out live video interviews, sign up for our newsletter, be a part of our Slack group with over 6,000 product people. Just check it out at productcollective.com.